0: So you wouldn't watch it again, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dark. It's, ben, it's a ben dark refused movie. to do his homework for this
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen once it. Once was I mean, enough. Have <laughs> well, you seen did, it more than and once? And I
2: have a very good memory. Did y'all say sure. y'all both saw it in theaters? I did. I did. It theaters. Wow. We have wow. seen in Wow. So, the so that movie was released in 2006. So yeah. I know. It's that's, interesting when you'd look at it because- I was over the
1: age of 18. When, I mean, that was 10. 13 <laughs> years ago. Uh, so, you know. Well, uh, Batman Begins was the last Nolan film that was released, and I remember going to see that. We saw that twice in the theater, which is very rare for me to see a movie twice in the theater. So saw The Prestige in theaters, and it's interesting because The Prestige was, I guess, three years after the release of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which was a huge blockbuster book about magicians, Mm -hmm. and right in the same year that The Prestige was released in 2006 was... The Edward Norton fronted film, The Illusionist. Mm -hmm. That's
0: like a big magic movie thing right there. Ironically, someone who's not very well, he's like a cult star, um, Ricky Jay.
2: Yeah, he, was, yeah. he passed he away. Famous recently. illusionist
0: who just yeah. died. He was the magic consultant for both of those movies.
2: And didn't he play the part as the old guy? The the uh, the, he the, was the, the stage that, magician. Yeah, that they were for
0: f- the original, the first show. That exactly. They yeah, yeah, that was yeah. his cameo in yep. that film. If if people listening watch The Illusionist or um, this, which The Illusionist has is a, a phenomenal movie. It has a couple uh, things you couldn't recommend in it, but um, other than that, there is an amazing trick in the illusionist called the orange it's the orange tree.
2: If have, yeah. have you seen that you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So
0: like they have this orange this tree grows out of this pot and yep. like it comes and it flowers and then an orange they pull an orange off the tree and cut yeah. it and throw it to the audience. That is a real trick. Wow. Oh wow that exists in that. the real world. Really? Yeah. In the movie you look, oh is this like CG or something? But yeah. I actually talked to a magician who is part of the like secret society of magicians. And he said, that is a real trick that exists. So he didn't tell you how it happens? No, he wouldn't tell me. Oh, man. He would not tell me.
1: (laughs) The Moral of the Story, the podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. That actually is a great pivot back to The Prestige because the whole movie pretty much centers around secrets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the fact that The Secret is what makes The Prestige the finale of the three-part magic mm-hmm. trick. So you guys, my, my
0: audience might want to know why we're going back to, uh, it's not quite the 15-year anniversary of this movie, yeah. but it's almost, right? It's pretty old. But um, number one, Nolan films are, are pretty timeless and always great to discuss. Um, however, right now is coming out The Current War, which right. is a historical drama, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, about the rival between Edison and Tesla. Yeah. Not the car company.
1: <laughs> the real Tesla. The real Tesla. Nikolai Tesla. The the namesake. Well, well, and Westinghouse, who yeah, and was we, yeah. one of the big mm-hmm. magnates of the time. Yeah. Right. And I think he's played by Michael mm-hmm. Shannon
0: oh, cool. in the film.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Which... So West,
0: Westinghouse, historical tidbit, is the entrepreneur who actually, see now, oh, this is so sad, because Tesla, you, you may know that he died penniless. He was a pauper in New York, died in a, apartment that was being reclaimed. It was a really, really horrible story because he sold all of his inventions and patents to Westinghouse for $1 million flat fee. So then Westinghouse went on to create this empire of electrical companies powering New York City and doing all this stuff and Tesla didn't make any further money. It was just flat fee, you're done. And that was it. And previously, he had been jilted by J.P. Morgan who had funded his research and then he had had so many kind of you know, off the wall ideas and failed experiments and that Morgan finally pulled his money and then that was it. So yeah. Tesla is is quite a sad story of genius, uh, you know, that couldn't find its couldn't find its feet. He needed a business
2: consultant yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Well that so that, you know, the current war and that true historical rivalry is kind of mirrored in the prestige for anyone who hasn't mm-hmm. seen it. It's about, you know, these two Magicians, these stage magicians that um really start out as friends and colleagues and then through a series of misfortunate events, um, they basically become enemies and rivals and the entire movie is basically this, this war between them, um mm-hmm. really trying to not only belittle each other in their tricks, but at some points trying to kill each other, which mm-hmm. is Kind of how the movie wraps up for big spoilers. You know, but- it's interesting too. I was looking back at, and the fact
1: Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale starring or really co-starring in a film like yeah. this was is interesting looking back on because their careers have kind of taken different paths. Like at the time, Hugh Jackman was making a name for himself playing Wolverine yeah. mm-hmm. and Christian Bale was making a name for himself playing Batman. And now Christian Bale just does these character roles yeah. in Oscar films yeah. and that's pretty much what he does. And uh, Hugh Jackman is doing all of these... Broadway musicals Right and So it's almost like You wouldn't see them In this movie
0: I think now. they each
1: Made enough money That they never Have to work again
0: Yeah <laughs> right. Just like Hey that sounds fun <laughs> So so Jackman right. is I almost got to see Jackman do The one man show That he did in New York Oh really Yeah mm, A yeah, couple yeah. Of years ago I was in New York And he was doing it Anyway I, My schedule didn't work out And I And honestly I didn't quite Want to pony up The $450 Yeah for exactly the ticket. <laughs> Exactly
1: But um, It's quite the premium To be personally present <laughs>
0: Yes Yeah I know It was It was But there are a lot of of Really uh, interesting moral questions brought up by the prestige. Yeah. Um, number one, the the theme of deceit. Yeah. Is huge in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on a filmmaking level, uh, what's really creative about the 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 work of art in the film is that Nolan structures the film the same way that the magician structures the magic trick. Exactly.
2: And Which, just real quick, contextually, um, The Prestige is based off a book. The screenplay was written by Christopher Nolan and his brother, Jonathan. But they they basically rearranged it in that the book kind of happens chronologically, but the film is completely out of order, and it's from mm-hmm. the perspective of different people. Which is a total Nolan thing. Which right? is a total Nolan mimento. thing to do. Yeah. No, and so, it's, it's and well, that's, and to what you were saying, Alex, you can pick back up, mm-hmm. That's he did it. Intentionally to structure it around the three parts of of the magic trick of the magic trick, right? Which
0: the film opens up with uh, Michael Caine telling us about he's he's the um, what do they call that the uh, the trick maker? Yeah, I forgot um, what do they call him. It's uh, I forget. There's the, a name for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he's like he invents the he's magic the old wise guy <laughs> and uh, makes the mechanics of it work and everything. And um, anyway, he talks about how you have the pledge, which is the magician saying what you're about to see will amaze you and and setting up the thing. Can you believe I can saw a woman in half? Yeah. Or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. It's the hook. And then they make the pledge and then there's the turn, which is the middle act of the trick um, when they actually saw the woman in half or they, you know, make the bird disappear or whatever the trick might be. Um, But that the real magic moment the moment that leaves everyone in awe isn't when the bird disappears; it's when you bring it back. It's right. the coming back. It's the resurrection. Right, that is the
1: real moment that leaves everyone in awe,
0: yeah. and that's what makes the magic trick happen. Which its is power. funny
1: because that form is really something that even Tolkien talked about under the term eucatastrophe in mm-hmm. his uh, some mm-hmm. of his writings. Mm-hmm. He talked about. That the resurrection of Christ was like the, the eucatastrophe of, mm. of the gospel story. But you see that everywhere, that mm-hmm. just in storytelling, yeah. um, the well, final the euc- turn, mm-hmm. the surprising turn is yeah. the thing that uh, astonishes us the most. Well, and, the, and the eucatastrophe being
0: the combination of Eucharist mm. and the, yeah. the Greek, uh, in Greek, eu is a um, prefix, which means good, um, mm-hmm. and then catastrophe... Being something uh, catastrophic, obviously. So something good coming out of something that was catastrophic. Interesting. Right. So someone yeah. got sawn in half. It's a catastrophe, and then look, she's back together. That's the yeah, U right. catastrophe yeah. Yeah. element. The
1: U catastrophe of Lord of the Rings being the destruction of the ring, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. or the resurrection of various characters. Yeah.
0: So in the the themes that are brought up in this in this movie are various, um, and kind of get into the details of the characters' lives. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about the theme of deceit being one and obviously that's core to magic itself. Yeah, right? it's all deception. De- it is a yeah. deception. Yeah.
2: It's um Um and stage magic. Right. As well it's to- you know, the sleight of hand, it's it's all about tricking your audience. But it, it mm-hmm. really goes this this movie kind of delves into that on a even deeper level because both of these characters are really deep in that deception far outside of the stage. Mm-hmm. It's really who they've become, you mm-hmm. know, and they're 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 basically living these lives that are completely right. made up. Well, and, and also the film is lying to you. Exactly.
1: One of the oddities of the film is the fact that when you're watching it, you're not sure how much to trust the way things are being presented to you. Right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of scenes are shown later from a different angle right. and you'll understand something totally different about
2: the scene mm-hmm. that wasn't you, clear at yeah, first. Yeah, it makes you think like maybe the first viewing was not true. Right. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: Well, and that and I, that is one critique I would have to make with the film and some of Nolan's tendencies as a filmmaker. Because there's this is Inception, is this, this film, uh, Interstellar. You can go through a bunch of his movies, and he relies so much on the twist at the end, surprising right. you and recontextualizing a bunch of stuff that happened beforehand. Yeah, it's kind of like murder mysteries, yeah. where in a, like a novel murder mystery, um, the writer says, you know, you go through and you're just like, well, I don't know, and then all of a sudden when they reveal what happened, it's like, it's like, and they didn't remember that when they actually saw the corner of that room, there was also a, this. Object in the mirror in yeah. the in the corner, which means that this character had
1: been there, and yeah. it's
0: like, well, I didn't have that information. How would I possibly yeah. know the yeah. answer to this? Yeah,
1: um, well, this we're... is why I love Ronald Knox mysteries. Oh, so, yeah. if so uh-huh. big recommendation for anyone listening. If you like mystery stories, you should look up Ronald Knox mysteries because he actually he was called the the father of the detective novel because mm-hmm. he was a he was an English priest and he wrote about five different mystery novels, but but they're all considered basically mm-hmm. classics but he he actually wrote these puzzlers where he gives you all the information and it's just impossible mm. to discern you kind of have a sense of who the killer is mm-hmm. or what they should be but you have no idea how or why and then then it's revealed right, right. so it's kind of different than even the Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. mysteries which it's kind of ironic because they're the most famous mysteries out there but when you actually read a Sherlock Holmes mystery, it's not a mystery in the traditional sense. He doesn't give you clues yeah. and then give you an answer. You're just watching Sherlock at, Holmes show off. Yeah, right. Like, how do the Baskervilles is closer to that? Mm-hmm. But even then, um, Holmes will discover it kind of in this you know, magical way, way yeah, At yeah. the at, just because he's smarter. Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, with the
2: prestige, they give you a lot of clues.
1: Yeah, like, I think we were talking mm-hmm. before the podcast, Luke, about the opening scene. Well, the
2: open, the very first shot of the entire movie. I know. Yeah. If you know the story, is I he saw it When I
0: watched it again. I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's okay.
2: Well, he spoils the entire movie. Yeah. In the very first shot of the film, but yeah. you don't know it because you have zero context. Right. So as soon as the movie ends, and like if you go back and watch it and start it over again, you're like. Like oh, oh my
0: gosh, it's a circle
2: exactly, it, which it is actually an ancient.
0: That's an ancient storytelling all yeah. the way back to Herodotus and telling histories of like ending where you begin, right? Which is, I was giving props for for that. Yeah, but. well,
2: and so you know, back to the deception theme of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting that it really if there's one if there's one word to describe this whole story, it's it would probably be deceit or deception because mm-hmm. it is like in every layer of this movie you know it's in the magicians it's in the characters lives outside the magicians and then from a complete technical standpoint just the way the movie was made mm-hmm. the movie is edited in a deceptive way mm-hmm. um so you know that's i think that's such a big
1: mm-hmm.
2: so here's a question for y'all mm-hmm. because um
1: i'm kind of p- playing off of what you said alex one of my biggest critiques of nolan and it's something that I enjoy when I'm watching the films that he makes, but then it it sours a little bit afterward, is the fact that the way he edits really puts all of the energy in the first viewing.
2: Mm-hmm. He definitely. So They're when, not as when fun the second watch, time. Yeah,
1: when you watch Inception and yeah. you're just blown away by all the tricks and the turns, or you watch The Prestige and you, you're you know, slack-jawed at the end, uh, it's amazing but then as you rewatch them a lot of the trickery yeah. of recontextualizing mm-hmm. scenes yeah. and things doesn't wear as well over time yeah. whereas a classical approach to the storytelling that was chronological or was more thematic um, you know holds up over later viewings and to me that's kind of an interesting question even about the the theme of the film mm-hmm. you know the this three act structure with the prestige at the end because some part of what is amazing about the finale of a story, the prestige, you know, however you want to think about that, the arc of a story, is yeah. that you fulfill yeah. what you've promised,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you and you're waiting for it. Um, yeah. Or in in songwriting, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, in everything, there's yeah. this dynamic of, of fulfilling the what catharsis. you promise, mm-hmm. the catharsis, and in some way. When you do that by trickery, it doesn't keep doing it. Mm -hmm. It's It's like a one-off catharsis. on
0: that, on that, so I think, let's lay, so if you want to watch this movie and get the surprise from the first time, you should pause the podcast now, because we're about to spoil
2: everything. And just a heads up, we kind of assume, if you're listening to this podcast, that you've seen the movie. Uh, We're not really going to tell you everything that happened. So, yeah, we kind of assume that if you're listening, you have seen the movie. But if you haven't, you should go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch
0: it and then you'll have a much better idea. But so these two magicians, so they're friends, they work on the same show. One of them is married to the assistant, who is the girl who goes into the water tank to, you know, to get out of her ropes and escape. And then she essentially can't escape and she, she dies. Yeah. in the water tank. And this sets the two magicians because he killed her wife. And it's awful, right? So it starts starts down this trail of tears. Um, they start different shows. The guy shoots him in the hand when he's trying to do a bullet catch trick because he puts a real bullet in the
2: gun. And well, they... the, he's basically mad at at Borden for killing right. his wife. So he's... Well, Right, so they start yeah. this vengeance. It's, it's know, a, yeah. Tit for tat thing. Exactly. Which just
0: escalates over and over and over. Exponentially, um, yeah. And what you don't know until the very end of the film is that Borden is a twin. An identical twin, yeah. He's an identical twin because when he starts his own show, he has this incredible trick that no one can figure out called the transported man. And the transported man, he walks into behind a door and throws this little rubber ball and he pops out of a door on the other end of the stage instantly and it looks like he teleported. However, no one knows that Borden has a twin because they live as if they are one life and the twin always is in a disguise right. as this other person. His assistant. Who's his assistant. Yeah. So they're like each other's assistant, but they're
2: actually living the trick. And they take turns. Yeah. They it, trade it, off. It, you and, find out at the end that they mm-hmm. actually cause you know, one of the big questions was like, Well, who's who? And he says, Well, we're both, you know, we're both bored because we've we taken both have half a life. Exactly.
0: However, this causes a lot of problems. A and, lot, <laughs> and you know, this is they something. Fall
1: in love with different women. They fall. In yeah. The, yeah. So there's a lot of very well, one <laughs> borden or half of a
2: borden has a wife and a child. Mm-hmm. The other half has fallen in love with the new assistant, mm-hmm. um, who was working before for Angiers and mm-hmm. now is swapped places. So yeah, yeah. it gets so, quite complicated. So as
0: the viewer you're you're left in this film you think oh gosh this guy's insane yeah. he's kind of psychotic one of the brothers is is actually really neurotic and 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 gets angry and throws fits and all this other stuff yeah. the other one's really like caring and loving and wants a family and all right. this other stuff and so but you think they're the same person so you think and his wife Later, when you rewatch the film, it's like, oh, duh! Like yeah. she says, some days you say I love you, and it, I, it's true, and then some days you say it, and it's not. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, really, because you're two different people, you know. But um, you're you're watching the first time, and think, gosh, this guy's a loser. He's yeah. mean to his wife. He sleeps around with this mistress. He has all these horrible things, and right. you're left like his wife thinks, thinking. You're a horrible person, yeah. and she kills herself right. later. Yeah, right. And g- despairing because the n- guy that's not really her husband says, "I don't love you today." Yeah, finally says like, "No, I don't love." He says, "Tell me the truth." And he says, "I don't love you." Because you know, it's she not goes not and him. kills herself. Yeah, right. And it's not actually her husband because right. it's the twin. Right. And so, anyway, all this total mess of his life results from the fact that they are perpetuating this falsehood. Right. Through their life, and you are the victim of it as the audience, as The wife and the mistress are also the victim of it. Yeah. Because they never
1: reveal the fact that
0: there are two of them to either one of those people.
2: Yeah.
1: Or his daughter. Yeah, his daughter. Right. (laughs) Which to me was the thing that honestly this is this was the part where my suspension of disbelief it
0: it really, really pushes I just wanted to say, like, what about when you started your show and like the lady that raised you in the orphanage comes to London and say, But Alfred Where's your little brother? <laughs> like, where's that person <laughs> They killed her? Alex. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, if you're willing to do this, the, it's all do built on this like idea it. that no one knows him. Yeah, anywhere, right? He's a man from nowhere yeah. with no family, no connections, no one raised well, you. In the, and that's that yeah. is a huge, that is a honestly a huge plot hole just in
1: the whole well and feasibility and to me, the of thing about the idea. It is that even if you film. just get rid of the context of yeah. that, which and 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 it's not, I'm you can. The plot this isn't the plot hole show, so right, you know you right, watch right, a film yeah. and you kind of accept <laughs> it. Subscribe to our <laughs> and, other podcasts yeah, the plot
2: hole, where we
1: dismantle every Marvel movie or whatever with the, the plot holes. Down the plot hole. Yeah. Down the plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it comes back to the fact that uh these two brothers, even if you just accept the rules of the game that they're playing, it would have been a lot easier to simply wear the beard all the time right, and have a wife and have a child- As that person. As that person, yeah. then it would have been to flip. So that was one thing mm-hmm. where but, I just- But do you I know why?
2: Do you know why? Why? Because it was a critique of Angier's, but it was the same of, of Borden, because Angier, when he had his double, he couldn't stand being below the stage for the applause.
1: Oh. Borden, Borden
2: was the same way. because. Oh. They were half of a person and the person that so was wearing shared, the wig, mm-hmm. they shared the spotlight because the guy that was on the wig, uh, you know, Borden in the disguise would never have any of the spotlight. He would just be this assist- assistant for his entire life. So they tried to share mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, so it was all about fame. It so, was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well,
0: and and you, you kind of get like, okay, if you're like a, a cocky 17 year old kid and you're like, I want to become a magician with my twin yeah. brother, we're going to make the best trick ever. But then you grow up. Right, and yeah. then you say, "I don't want to have a wife and kids." And are you really going? Because magic is a game, right? It's a game of wits between the magician and the audience, mm-hmm. and it, you're both playing the game. Like I know you're deceiving me, right?
2: Right. But I'm
0: enjoying the fact that I'm mystified,
2: which is by kind this. of, which is That's, very much the movie in and of itself. It is, it, however, yeah. However,
0: how evil is it to put, oh, your wife? Through that kind of torture. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, if these were real people,
1: you are yeah. like the scum of the earth, right? Yeah. To no, live in which, that level of lie, yeah. Wh- which is why I had a difficult time with the movie because there's no good guy. The end, there's no but, good yeah, guy. There, there is no good guy. Well, and even at the end, th- and this is actually to me not not just a, a question of uh, morality in the film or liking the film. I think it actually is a critique of the film on its own merits. In this sense. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, everything has built to this final confrontation right. between these two characters who really, like you're saying, Luke, are the same person. Yeah. They've made the same mistakes, they've made the same horrible decisions. And so when, you know, it's apparent that Hugh Jackman has killed Christian Bale's twin. But Christian Bale's other twin emerges and says, actually, I'm the twin and I've done and this. And he kills it's Surprising, yeah. yeah, it's surprising to the audience. Or does
2: he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's surprising to the audience, but it, there's no real victory in it or even- The it's, only victory. It's almost like the anti-catharsis. It's almost like- the anti prestige. The only, yeah, it w- really wouldn't matter if Hugh Jackman held the gun and fired and killed Christian Bale. Or the only reason it matters is that the twin that
0: survives is the little girl's real dad. That's and true. He walks off with the little girl. Yeah. Oh, that's, the only, that's the only. That thing. is the
1: only net positive. In the whole end now, and and this is where probably repeat viewing would have been good for this one because the, <laughs> the 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 fact that there was a good twin and a bad twin I, I, that did not was not clear to me. The yeah, first yeah, it. definitely. It's,
0: yeah, it's it makes a lot more sense when you're watching it. because Like, oh, all of this, all of these scenes is the one twin, and all of these yeah. scenes is the other twin because yeah. it's mm-hmm. totally different. And actually, that is very it is impressive for Christian Bale. Yes. because he did a great job oh, yeah. of being these two oh, different characters yeah. that are the similar, but. Similar enough to believe it, but not similar enough to think that these are two different people. Right. So that is impressive. But to just finish out the plot line. So, Angiers, um, who's Wolverine.
2: um, (laughs) (laughs) Henceforth, it's going to
0: be Batman and Wolverine. Batman and Wolverine (laughs) (laughs) become magicians. Yeah. Um, Now he goes and he finds this is where Tesla comes in because he, because Christian Bale sets up a ruse where he gives him the word Tesla as a code to a diary that he had encrypted. Well,
2: and sorry, really quick contextually Mm -hmm. in the original book, and this is true for the movie as well. The story is kind of being told from Angier's and Borden's perspective because they've kind of what you later find out, they have intentionally given each other their diaries and they're both reading through it and kind of learning the whole truth or what Mm -hmm. they think is the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And as you, as the audience are supposed to think is the truth. Mm
0: -hmm. So, but that, then in the aha gotcha moment,
2: exactly at the end
0: of the book, in a horrifying moment of Stygian, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like H.P. Lovecraft stuff. It's like, and you, Borden, as you read this, my diary, yeah, or, well, you know, they did it to each other, like they, they both did yeah, it, yeah, like both, Borden basically first. Borden did it to yeah. him, and then he got him back, exactly, and did it yeah. after he had stolen all of yeah, his yeah, life, yeah you know? definitely. But the Tesla part, yeah, yeah back so Angiers goes to the wilds of Colorado and in, uh, in Colorado Springs. and in the in early American days when anything was possible. Right. And he saw, finds Tesla and Tesla basically makes him a machine that clones him. That's, he wants to make a transporter but what they find out is that it transports him, I don't know, a hundred yards away and duplicates du- him. Duplicates him in place. Or, like Perfectly. But we don't know and it, and it, you can kind of guess but I think both new people, the clone and the Original, original. Think that they're the original. Exactly. They both think that they're the original. So, um and that's where he really goes off the deep end because he essentially proceeds to kill all of his doubles as the means of creating this magic trick. Right. Because there can only be one of him. And so he sets it up where he does the transponder thing and his double that's still on the stage goes through the trapdoor and gets trapped in a water tank and drowns to death drowns. And he knows that by the last show that Borden will have to know how he does the trick. And so he sets up for Borden to be uh, caught backstage while he is drowned with a real lock on a water cage, which he's now done a hundred times to himself. Um, So it's this really twisted thing of committing suicide and murder at the same time. Well, and then there's while a line, you clone yourself, there's a line that you just, frame
1: another man for." And you yeah, framed death. it
0: because he was trying to eliminate, like, take all of Borden's life. Yeah, it, because he sets right. it up to buy all of his tricks. Yeah, that he takes his daughter. He's gonna. He's basically trying to wipe him out completely. Where it's a ultimate destruction. You know. Right. But you know, there's but that he doesn't line, know there's two Bordens. Well, yeah, and but there's where, that
2: line where you know, in the very last scene where Angiers is dying. Um, you know, Borden, I think asks him, you know, what did it cost you or, or something along that lines? And he said, you know, he was saying, well, I never knew if I was going to be the one that drowned or the one that was going to be there at the prestige. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's this weird twisted time, you know, things happening that, I mean, we assume that the, the Borden that dies for the last time was the real one, you Not know, I Borden. guess you mean, the or, uh, angiers, uh, angiers? Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. we assume that he was the real, we also assume that there wasn't another one out there and. The story has yeah, not well, continued. I'm pretty sure. But it's yeah, pretty, no, no. I'm sure it's not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, so it's.
0: Well, and the twistedness of saying, like, you don't know self sacrifice because when you shot my hand back in the day, right. my twin brother had to cut his finger off to yeah. match the wound, yeah. you know, to make our trick last. And I just like, maybe you should have given up the trick and yeah. gone into another profession. <laughs> well, and I think but, that's, that's like, my big but question. Andrews was so twisted right. to think that. That that was self sacrifice. Yeah,
1: that exactly. is just
0: absolutely <laughs> yeah insane. Well, the way
1: yeah. I always thought of it, my interpretation of the Angiers trick was that Angiers, in a way, was punished in his own sacrifice. And and, in, and actually, I think you could read this into the whole movie that the characters create their own hell yeah. through their decisions. Definitely. Like that, they they are their own victims at the end mm-hmm. of the day because. I really think that the way to interpret the Angiers trick was that Angiers didn't think he was going to die, but he did. So he was uh, every Angiers that emerged was really the clone, and the clone yeah. walked away not knowing that he he the next time would be the one who drowned. Yeah, and then the next clone
2: yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, "Oh, yeah, I escaped,"
1: yeah. and 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 that I think was the the kind of poetry
2: of the narcissism mm-hmm. ever, right was that he was destroying himself always yeah. mm-hmm. well let me ask this question yeah. we'll break the fourth wall a little bit mm-hmm. what is what do you think the the moral responsibility or, or the angle or what do you what are your thoughts on Christopher Nolan basically deceiving you just as much as in that movie world they were deceiving Everyone else around them, because really, that's what he's doing. You know, it the is, entire time he is deceiving you just as much as the characters in the movie are being deceived. So, what, is, what do you think about that? This this ties back to something Ben
0: said earlier, talking about the prestige and and how the trick works. You know, how yeah. he has the trick on yeah, you yeah, yeah. as the audience and you. And because here is the big difference, and this is the reason the repeat viewing thing becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, in that, what he actually does in this film and a bunch of them. It is actually like the magician showing you how he did the trick. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: not leaving you mystified. It's when he it goes, aha. Yeah. It's the aha moment is actually what gives it all away. Right. And there that's why the repeat, well, it's once you know the trick and how it does, you know you don't want to see the trick anymore. Yeah. you know. So he kind of treats it like a magic trick, but he actually gives away the secret. Yeah. Whereas, you know, another, like the great classic short story, The Lady or the Tiger. Mm-hmm. You know, it ends and you don't know. Yeah, is it going to be the lady or the tiger? You have to make up the ending yourself. Yeah, that's a story that leaves you, and it—I mean—it sort of doesn't end. It well, doesn't even finish. I, I mean, but for another
2: forward in Nolan's timeline, Inception kind of does that. Mm-hmm. It's like literally the last shot is like you do not know, right? Like yeah. right, and I, I think, think that's wiggle an improvement. At, it, yeah, it is. I, I, yeah. Think, I think yeah. Inception
1: is a better. Yeah. Repeat because of the rules of the universe. Right. Even uh, *Interstellar* or some yeah. of his later mm-hmm. films, there. Like *Dunkirk* is interesting because it has some of these editing tricks, you know, yeah. tricks that he does with time. But it's a it's a true story. But more it's or a less. true story, yeah. and it kind of leads to a conclusion. I, um, I think it was something. And, and actually, you can compare it to the other magician movie in 2006, which was *The Illusionist*. Because *The Illusionist* mm-hmm. to me was intriguing because it was. Um, a story that was so classical, and, and a similar twist at the end, but um, it approaches magic more from a fairy tale yeah. perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas the prestige, I mean, they eat. Well, he literally goes to a technology guy. Yeah. In going mm-hmm. to Tesla,
2: so there's, well, and they don't really take time to explain <laughs> the whole duplication thing. It's just kind of you know, Tesla's there. a wizard; he can do anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think for for me in the in Kind of, and I, I think we touched on this, you know, maybe in one of our earlier episodes. But, you know, I, and this is simultaneously a reason why I really like this movie and kind of also a reason why it maybe is a little disappointing at times is that you're really not, you don't really walk away with anything. It is a complete roller coaster of a movie to watch, especially for your first time. But at the end of the movie, you're just like, okay. Um, it's just kind of depressing it's just, it is it is a little depressing which I don't know if that's the intent well then kudos to <laughs> Nolan but I don't know if that's what he meant to do to a movie that depresses people. yeah I, I don't know but it just you know I think uh, I think we can all agree that you know good stories leave you with something they they leave you with things to think about well here's you, my
0: question and, and, and this
2: movie this movie really does not except yeah being depressed well yeah and this
0: is really <laughs> my question maybe this leads us into our, our closing thoughts but you know who is the good guy? Yeah. In because this film?
2: And, and and they switch it. Because at the beginning, you hate Borden. Borden's this scummy little lowlife that caused the girl to die. Mm-hmm. And then like by the end of the film, he's the guy you sympathize with and Angier's is the monster. Mm-hmm. So like they completely do a 180 degree flip. And yeah, who is who is, it, who is except, the good guy? Except
1: except and this is I think where the film didn't really work for me, at least in the way that I think Nolan wanted it to. Which is that because you don't like Borden at the beginning, I still
2: didn't like him at the
1: end. Well, that and wasn't so, for me.
2: I I, I really well, felt sympathy when, especially when it's revealed that there's two of them, and the one of them like really did love Sarah and the daughter, uh-huh. and the other one really like. But even the good one the f-
1: didn't love Sarah enough to like prevent her from committing suicide. I know because of a yeah. lie he told
2: her. So well, that's and I think like, that's the biggest thing is there's yeah. there. Uh, you know, if there was one thing that I would want to know about this movie is why? Like, why was this deception so important that you would literally lose your wife over? Like, And I
0: just, honestly, you know, I, that to me is a, it's, it's sort of an interesting question, but it all, to me, it actually is just a shortcoming in the story.
2: I think so too. Because yeah.
0: there's really no ex- There's, there's no really good, not. There's no good explanation. For well, that's what her. I you mean know? by a roller it's like, coaster. What you think your magician guys are gonna? Yeah. Grab your wife and torture the secret out of her that yeah. you've got a twin. When <laughs> when and honestly, she actually, didn't even know. So no. I'm gonna answer my own question. In my opinion, the only good guy in this story is Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine is the only sane person. Yeah, right? definitely. He was the guy at the beginning. that said. Don't use that. No, it'll swell in the water. and and he's kind of like a Cockney uh, accent, and uh, he'll swell in the water. You won't. She won't be able to slip it. He was right. And when he sees the transported man, Andrews is like, No, how does he do it? And he says, It's got a double. It's the yeah. only way you can do it. It's yeah. gotta be a double. And it's like, no, it couldn't be. Yeah. It's it can't be. Because like, no, it's, it's a too double. close. It's yeah. you know, and it was a double, it was just twin. Yeah. And then and then he tells him, Don't go to America. You're gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he literally is the only voice
2: of reason. Everything <laughs> that happens
0: <laughs>
1: bad.
2: <laughs> Listen <laughs> to Alfred <laughs>
0: Alfred knows <laughs> everything, yeah. Batman. Which means no, Nolan's it... <laughs> next
1: film should be a film about Michael Caine. As the same character in all of his films. He's just been the same wise. <laughs> Alfred <like this. laughs> has been in every He's this Nolan supernatural
0: film. being. It's gonna be the Nolan Cinematic Universe. The Nolan <laughs> <laughs> version Michael King. No. Well, and it, it is, you know, I think of there's a line that to repeat it a couple times, and Luke may have told me to finish it. Uh obsession. It's about obsession. Uh oh yeah. What and is it? And they say obsession
2: is a young man's game? He, they do well, say they that. say
0: obsession is a young man's game, but that it, the idea is that, well, and then Tesla warns him right. saying, obsession will lead you astray. Yeah, basically. basically. That means don't buy the cologne by Calvin Klein. <laughs> 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 no, but, but in a real way, that might be, as a cautionary tale, the only moral of this story is a cautionary tale about the power of, personal pride of jealousy and obsession right like that the the negative spiral that can result Mm -hmm. when you allow envy and jealous it's really just watching all these vices right wreak havoc in these people, and kind
2: of come to their logical end which is just death Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah um and, and that also, the child will save you, and that's the, 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 the very end, you know. Yeah, but right. That and is also, to I me. Think,
1: that is that is really the moral of the story to me. Yeah, yeah the, the moral of the story to me, I, I would agree with what you're saying and take it even a little bit deeper, which is to say, lying. You know, uh, bad. Saint Thomas Aquinas talks about <laughs> lying being uh, disordered, right? So it's like it's taking something because the the mouth is meant for truthful speech. Um, it was meant for honesty. So when yeah. you disorder your mouth to to lie, then really what you're doing is uh, creating something artificial. Yeah. And this artificial thing, uh, the way the film treats even magic, is kind of from a pl- from an artificial place. It's about right. this invention and about me and my ego inventing something yeah. that I control that idolizes me. And in that way the film actually is a very uh intriguing depiction of what that becomes. Yeah. Of uh, and you hear this all the time people talk about self-invention, inventing myself. And you do not invent yourself. You are born right. who you are and you know uh by God's grace we you know can be redeemed from from who we are. But uh but you yeah, we're we're each meant to speak truth and to order our lives in in a way that is not just artificial constructions, right. um, something that's
2: orderly. Yeah, no, that's good. I think for me, the yeah, the moral of the story is <laughs> this is going to sound really funny, but I I was briefly reminded of the good old Veggie Tales. Uh, the fib from outer space. <laughs> okay. That grows bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's just like, it's. it really starts as this kind of small thing. And by the end of the movie, it's like literally, you know, this deception that mm-hmm. has basically just infected everyone mm-hmm. who's a part of the story until it just absolutely boils over and it ends in this tragic way mm-hmm. um, for both parties, for everyone involved, really. So, yeah, that's kind of a, 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 depressed way to look at it and yeah like i said before it's for me you know i think if again i like this movie a lot but it's it's simultaneously why i think it's you know it kind of falls short in some areas is that it it really doesn't leave me with anything at all yeah, you know? The... and if it's anything like even mm-hmm. the depressed part is is not that much you know but if it does leave me with anything it's something negative and it's strictly only this you know enjoyment in this high when you're watching it and because and even less so the second time around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're be, aware
0: of the pain in it
2: yeah, more the second time to yeah, me. Yeah,
0: definitely. Because you understand it more you understand and you understand why it's unnecessary. So yeah. I get into I know I already went, but I'm, I'm going to circle Alex back. has another another story. So my the the one that is a take because I think as a cautionary tale is the only way yeah. you can really understand I think it so, yeah. in a meaningful sense. Yeah. Um, but it is Husbands love your wives. Yeah. yeah. And give yourself up for them. Because I just the thing that I just can't take. And honestly, in this way, is where Borden may be actually worse as a character than Angiers. Yeah. Angiers goes nuts be, be, and haywire be, be, you know, and crazy well, over Andrews, Borden. Yeah. He, but he's Borden, a... okay. His lie to his wife. The it's in it's sort of inferred that they shared his wife. Yeah. yeah. They both were married to her in some way, which Right there is like horrific sin, right? And these two people pretending to be one—the the lie at the beginning of it—that sin, the sin of the wife thinking that they have a mistress
1: when they don't, yeah, and that they drive the wife to suicide. This is where my uh, the the lack of sympathy I had with both characters grew to a you know a fever pitch because as weird as Angiers is. Vengeance, vendetta is, and, and the sci fi stuff that comes into play. And he's literally insane at the end. He's at least insane over something that was real and legitimate, which yeah. is he loved his wife yeah. and a, a jerk <laughs> killed his wife. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of understand that. I mean, a guy kills your wife, you can become a jerk in yeah. vengeance. <laughs> but if you think about Borden, who killed his wife unnecessarily and lied to his own wife, and you know, loves his daughter enough to give her a hug. Yeah. But not to tell her the truth and, and, you're never, and all those things. You're never given a reason why any never of that is happening. Never given a reason why. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, even in the film, Nolan kind of separates out the Christian Bale character to the point that you never really enter him as much as you do Angiers. Yeah. Even at the end when he's mm-hmm. telling you what happened. Right. And he says, oh, I suffered or whatever. Yeah. It, you there, There's never a moment where he really opens up the psychology of Borden because even at the end, do we ever find out what knot he tied?
0: No, he literally says half of me, he writes in his diary as if he is one person. You know, and so he says, half of me swears I tied the, this knot. No, but he half did tie me, the double. But hit. the bad twin tied. Yeah. The, the good, bad knot, the exactly. wrong knot, but right. the good twin can't accept the fact that he did it. And so the good twin wouldn't have done that, but the bad twin did. And so right. the bad twin was responsible for everything. Right, right. Everything going wrong, including the right. wife dying, so all it's, that it's stuff. it's Dr.
2: Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, it's a split it's... personality type <laughs> thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in, it's, 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 it's a split personality, but it's a real split personality. Right. There's <laughs> literally two people. Yeah. Right, it's not in right. your head. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: And, and, and this is something that is interesting to me on a moral level. This would be my second moral of the story. Um, it's when you look at Nolan's filmography, this is kind of intriguing Because in The Prestige, not just lying, but curiosity. And there is a kind of unhealthy curiosity that all the characters have in each other's secrets. And it's interesting to me because if you look at Prestige, that is true. In The Dark Knight, which was the next film Nolan made, there is an obsession about knowing things right? Like Batman can't know everybody's movements at once. And at the end of Dark Knight, he creates that machine, right? Where he can actually know where everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, his panopticon. So it's about, uh so that theme progresses in the Dark Knight. And then with Inception, the ending is about not caring, right? Deciding that you're not going to give into your curiosity about whether the dream is a dream or it's not. So Leonardo DiCaprio walks away, leaving the... Spinning top, yeah, still spinning, and then of course <laughs> in Interstellar, it's about, it's really all about family. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I guess you could say Nolan has probably been on a journey where yeah. his, his, it's almost like he's been saying through his films, my curiosity. In different ways of storytelling, you know, really, I should just go hang out with my kids. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's my obsession Maybe. over my career can lead you to death. Yeah, <laughs> <And> then, <you're, laughs>
1: then you lose your family, and then all.
0: And other,
2: we'll, I guess, we'll have to, to wait and see life. if if his new film, what is it, Tenant? I think is what it's called. Will mm-hmm. we'll continue, continue the, his uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Nolan story. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yeah, but I yeah. would, yeah, I would recommend this movie um, if you mm-hmm. if it's. Uh, you know, I do enjoy it. I think the first viewing obviously... well, I don't think I know the first viewing is definitely the most enjoyable because if we didn't already spoil everything for anyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> but you shouldn't, you. Yeah, you. you shouldn't have listened to this. Yeah, you shouldn't have listened to this if you hadn't seen it. Because <laughs> it probably makes no sense anyway. But um yeah, mm-hmm. I think content wise it's it's pretty pretty A no, okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah it really as is, you know, no most no, Christopher Nolan movies are, I guess. No objectionable. Yeah, so, here, so go watch it and, mm-hmm. and be depressed like the rest Leave of us. Leave a comment. Us. Yeah. Leave a comment if you
0: disagree or agree with us. Yeah. Uh, let yeah, us let know. us know what you think. Send us an email. Um, you can visit moralofthestorypodcast.com. Please subscribe wherever you listen. Yeah, on Apple Podcasts. Apple, yeah, Apple or Podcasts.
2: And YouTube, I'm sure this will be there. Uh-huh, Where, wherever the you listen.
0: And um, share it with your friends, families, and enemies. We'll catch you guys next time. Signing yeah. off. The Moral of the Story with Alex Walliver, Luke Taylor, and Benjamin Walliver. Please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple
1: Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit MoralOfTheStoryPodcast.com Copyright 2019 Moral of the Story Media